AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Hello, and welcome to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I was a casting director for film and TV and commercials for over 30 years. I transitioned to a celebrity acting coach after I cast a film, New Jersey Drive, with executive producer Spike Lee and director Nick Gomez. I auditioned every rapper from Biggie Smalls to Tupac. And I realized that rappers and musical artists, they needed help transitioning to acting. My clients consist of musical artists from Buster Rhymes to Eve, Missy Elliott, Angela Yee from The Breakfast Club, and Vanessa Simmons, to name a few. I also coach sports stars and host as well. I feel I have the best of both worlds. As a casting director, I know exactly what they're looking for. And as an acting coach, I can coach you to be remembered in that room. Now, I know. I know actors want to get the job. I get that. But being remembered by a casting director, that is powerful. And now it's time for meditation of the day. Everything worth doing starts with being scared. Art Garfunkel. I was terrified of swimming. I got knocked in the community pool by a bully when I was eight years old. I decided to face my fear and take swimming lessons. I am so happy I didn't allow fear to block my goal. Today, I will face my fears. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. 
Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Before we get started, I'd like to remind everyone to look out for my new show, Inside the Black Box. I'll be co-hosting with the great Joe Morton. We'll be on Crackle Network real soon. I'll keep you posted. Welcome to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore. Man, I am super excited for this show. Super excited for our Spirit Actor alumni, Leanne Amato, to make this introduction to our next guest, writer. I'm giving him extraordinaire. Writer extraordinaire. Put your hands together for Moses Verno. Yay! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Moses, I'm going to tell you why I'm excited that you are on the show as a writer, because I feel like in terms of people of color, writers in the industry, we don't get to hear enough of their voices. We don't get to hear enough of their stories and their journeys. And I always want to introduce our audience, who are specifically actors, to the different avenues that are available in the world of television and film. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whew, I want to talk about the discipline of a writer. I want to talk about so much stuff. But ladies and gentlemen, let me just say that Moses was a writer and I, I want to find out where the show is. But the cult hit show Money and Violence, Moses, I remember when it first came on the Internet and I was like, this is going to be huge. Thank you. And there were some people, Melissa Diane, who was one of the casting directors. Yes, so yes. really um, around the show when she came in. And that's how I started to get even more involved. But uh-huh. um, bravo to you guys and to you as a writer for that show, because I think that you tapped into I know you tapped into a void that needed to be filled because we do have an audience for that. So tell our audience about money and violence and how that happened for you. Well, um, money and violence, it's I mean, it's a really unconventional story, mainly because I had no real background in filmmaking. 
when um I decided to embark on that journey. I literally, m- Money and Violence was just the next thing in a list of things. Filmmaking was just the next thing in a list of things that I had never tried before, you know. Um, I always had a knack for writing. I had written two novels that I had never published before. Mm-hmm. And I was on the verge of publishing one of my novels when one morning I was laying in bed and I was just asking myself, what have I never done that I would like to try? And I came up with the bright idea that, you know, I'd like to create a feature. So mm-hmm. originally Money and Violence was supposed to be an hour and 45 minute long feature. I rounded up a bunch of friends. I went out and bought a camera and I bought a boom mic. I wrote two scenes and I literally went out, shot these two scenes with this Canon 5D uh, Mark III that I had purchased, mm-hmm. learned how to edit off of YouTube tutorials um, and edited those first two scenes. And what excited me was that what I saw in my head was exactly what I saw on the screen. Mm. So I did this for about two months. I had about 18 minutes of footage. And then I said to myself, this is taking too long. So I decided rather than to do a feature to take that 18 minutes and make it the first episode of a web series. So within a week, I put that 18 minutes on YouTube as the first episode of Money and Violence. And for seven months, Every six days I had six, every week I had six days to write, shoot, edit the next episode and to have it out by the following Tuesday. And I did that for seven months. And by the time I got to the end of the first season on YouTube, we had amassed about 30 million views. Mm-hmm. I was approached by Sony. I was approached by Endemol and I was approached by uh, Lionsgate, who I chose what? to go with about bringing the show to television. You know, there's a couple of things that you said. One is that I, I want the audience to understand how much work, dedication, and discipline, writing, editing alone, and, and the time frame in which and directing. You- and I was the lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, just in terms of what it says about you, you two have a cape like Elsa, Superman, right? Because you know what I mean. Because like, I love the fact that. No was not a factor in your journey, right? Yeah, what it was with me, you know, I strongly believe that we all matter, right? But it's up to us to put in the effort to show the world that we do, right? So my thing was, okay, I want to be a director and I want to be a writer, but I'm not going to wait for the world to tell me that I'm one. I'm going to go out there and prove that I'm one. Mm. So how was it when you have these entities, these huge production companies now coming to you where you have financed and put this whole production together? What role did they play when they because, you know, I'm sure that you're a very confident man and I feel your energy. But, you know, did they try to come in and take over the project? Did they, you know, want to reshape the project? What was that relationship like? Coming into the entire thing with 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 dealing with these, you know, these studios, I already had my plan set in my head, which was I didn't want anyone to come in and change the essence of what the show was. At the same time, I understood I went into this knowing then that meant that I would have to be willing to sacrifice something. Right. Which basically means, OK, maybe they won't be willing to give me as much as they would have because of the fact that I want this type of control, because of the fact that I want to pretty much control the essence of what the show is. You know, I remember going into meetings and I remember them telling me, you know, well, we're offering you a great situation. We're Mm -hmm. allowing you to keep 15 percent. 
of ownership. And I'm, you know, and, and I'm like, but wait, how was this a great situation when I walked in here with a hundred percent? There you go. You know, so we're not going to play this little game yeah. Whereas if you're making it seem as if you're giving me something, you're actually not giving me anything. I walked in here with right. what's mine and you're actually trying to get me to walk out with less than I came in with. Absolutely. Because, and I'm sure that, you know, I don't know if this was one of the conversations, but they're giving you money, right? Mm-hmm. To do these episodes and now they're up in the ante. Now you're on stars or now you're, you know, offering you this opportunity. So they're saying, because you don't have the experience, we need to pad and put our people in. We need to have more control. Was that and, and that was the thing that I never understood because my situation was very unconventional. Exactly. You know, when Lionsgate brought me the stars and I was in development and they said, OK, well, we need to put in the time for us to figure out what will work. You know, and I said, but wait, this it's isn't that- a situation where I'm bringing you a pilot or an idea for a show. Uh-huh. This is something that has been tried and proven. I'm yeah. two seasons in. I have this huge cult following and this huge audience. So we know that this works, right? But they're like, yeah, but we need to figure it out for our audience. And through dealing with these people for quite some time, what I came to realize is they don't understand our world, Mm. right? And they don't understand the mechanics of our world. So a lot of times we create content and they sit there and they they watch it and they're like, I don't get it. Mm. That's one of my biggest issues with television is I feel that I'm not crazy about the way that we're depicted because I don't think that the way that we're depicted is true to who we are as a people. I feel I feel that a lot of black characters aren't as multi-layered as they should be, because that was why everyone was so fascinated with my show, because it was an urban drama. It was a crime drama. Mm-hmm. But my characters were so multi-layered because the entire thing was just that crime is not done out of enjoyment. It's done out of necessity. And yes, these guys, they may rob, they may sell drugs, they may steal, but they go home and hug and kiss their kids just like everyone, you know? Uh Every villain is someone's hero. You know, right. and these guys, they they're from disenfranchised neighborhoods and they're from product. They're, they're products of their environment. You know, the way they grew up, the things that they've seen. And I'm in no way am I trying to justify their actions. But what I would like is for the demographic outside of this world to be able to watch this and come to an understanding and say, you know what? I may not agree with the way they live their lives, but I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because these, these people are human. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing that I loved about the show. You humanize them. Yeah. That's it. You know, because somebody else would just in real life, walk past them, make assumptions and judgments. But that's what you did. And I and for me, I feel like that was the draw. It was a different world for me. And I was intrigued by it. But they were humans, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um, how challenging was it for you? Because I think that you're you're similar to Issa Rae's story in a sense, the awkward black woman, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and now insecure. Did you know which battles in going in that you needed to fight and the ones that you, you know, you just had to, I don't want to say succumb, but. No, deal- 
I'm still fighting to this day, to be honest with you. You know, the battles aren't over with. And to be honest with you, you know, my manager tells me all the time, he's like, you can't fight on everything, you know. But the truth is, I would rather lose it all, right? Mm Mm-hmm than to harm us as a people for an ounce of self-gain. So because the thing is, I write for television, but that isn't my goal. Right. You know, my goal is 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 to put myself in the position where um, I can create my own independent content and pretty much distribute it straight to my audience. Because I strongly believe that the Internet is an amazing resource and television isn't necessary. Mm. It's not absolutely necessary at all. I mean, I think I've proven that because... yeah. When I, when I did my show, I mean, our competition was power, was empire, right? And we were, we were a little show that was on YouTube and we, we, we operated on a macro level compared Mm -hmm. to their $3 million an episode budget. I mean, this is a show that I shot out of my pocket. So I'm aware of what is possible and, 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 and in no way am I afraid of taking on the giant because this is art, right? And as much as they try to make us believe that the most important thing in creating is the money that's put behind it, but that's BS. What's most important is the creativity that goes into it and what is created. Because, you know, when, when, when I first started Money and Violence, I had no idea what filmmaking was. My first couple of episodes looked like I shot it on my iPhone and none of the people who were on the show were actors. You know, these were all friends of mine and wow interviews on the breakfast club and the morning show and AOL build. And I just kept hearing the same thing, which was, yeah, that the acting is horrible, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was so enamored in the storyline. Right. And that's because the beautiful thing about art is no matter whether it's watercolors, no matter if it's a pencil, no matter if you're, you're taking a piece of charcoal or a piece of wood and scratching it into the dirt, if it's beautiful, it is beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. I love speaking to you, Moses. I want to ask you, so now where are you with money and violence? Because, you know, I know that there are audience members here who know your show and know you. And so um, you got fans here. Okay. Um, so where we are, we were in development with stars for a little over two years. And many don't know this, but money and violence was actually supposed to be the next show up after power. On stars. So Power Ghost was actually supposed to be money and violence. At the last minute, they came in and they said, hey, you know, because of these commitments that we have to Courtney Kemp and we have to Curtis Jackson, we're going to have to go with the sequel of Power. And Mm -hmm. you're probably going to have to wait another three or four years. And as soon as they told me that, I told my uh, attorney to get me out of that deal. Yeah. But what what I have done is I've just gained an ownership stake in a, another streaming platform. It's a oh. streaming platform called Vault and it is available, you know, all over iOS, Google Play, it's available on Amazon Fire Stick, it's available on all smart TVs. And this is a startup, you know, it's like a Netflix or a Hulu. Because this is what I wanted to do originally, which was to create my own platform and provide my own content. So I have right. the opportunity to do that now. And we are in the process of trying to put together a budget mm-hmm. to put out the next season of Money and Violence, because I think that for this new platform, that piece of content would be very important as far as bringing that whole audience and subscriber base yeah. to that platform. So, you know, that's going to be our premiere show. So yeah. Money and Violence is on its way. You know, I just need a little bit more time. 
but it's definitely well, coming back. I I just I'm so happy that it's coming back even more. Like I'm just happy you have ownership in it. You know, like I think that a lot of times, and and I've seen it, and I've had some experience myself where you have created. It's something you've done all the legwork, you've done all the heavy lifting, and then someone comes along who has the power and position to put you somewhere. And then it's like, okay, thank you. Now we'll take it from here. And it's like, no, then I could do it on my own. And that's the fear. The fear is if we don't jump on it, he's going to be able to do it on his own. And it's your empire, right? Well, well, that's the the great thing. The great thing is I still own it 100% outright. I love that. I love that. You know, um, but that's that's always been my main concern because, you know, from the beginning of this, I've always said that my biggest fear is for me to be in my mid nineties, you know, I'm a father of uh, three girls. Um, and for my children to be surrounding me in my hospital bed and for a show that I created to be playing on the television and my kids aren't seeing one red cent from it. You know, that's always been my biggest fear. And because of that ownership has been the most important thing to me. And it's just in order for me to leave something for my children. I mean, that's what I love about creating you know, you're only here for a lifetime, which you create lasts forever. You know, through creation of art, that is our opportunity to live forever, for one. But it's also my opportunity to provide for my family generation after generation after generation, because intellectual property is the only property that can be sold in perpetuity, you know, in perpetuity forever. That's right. And when you said that you are an author, I'm an author as well. Like, I remember when I was thinking about writing a book. And one of my mentors said to me that when you write a book, you leave your footprint on this earth forever, forever. Like that is what you leave. So, you know, I agree with you in that aspect. In terms of you transitioning and moving now, you are currently on Godfather of Harlem, which I love. Uh And Mark Kwan, I have known about this project for 18 years, 18 years, 18 18 years, exactly. 18 years, (laughs) you know, and, and that's the thing people don't understand. Even P Valley on stars, that show was in development for eight years. People really don't understand how long it takes. Right. It's all about not giving up. Right. And, and, and even when you receive that first no, believing in the project enough to, to that, that when you receive that, no, instead of going, Maybe I'm wrong about this. Mm -hmm. The saying to yourself, no, they're wrong. They don't see it. And to keep going, you know, that's the beauty because Godfather of Harlem, I mean, me and Mark Juan have had conversation after conversation. He told me 18 years, man, 18 years that I've been chasing this dream. And I wanted to tell Bumpy's story, you know, and. And look at it now. I'm so proud of y'all. Like I, re- I freelanced at BET. So I uh-huh. um, initially free and then um, Terrence and Roxy, different hosts up there. After uh-huh. I would finish, I would always go to the cubicle to find <laughs> Mark Wad, right? And we would sit in the cubicle. He's like, Tracy, I'm going to get Forrest Whitaker attached. And I was like, you get Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> like, so when it happened, Mike, I I felt very blessed to be able to meet him at this restaurant in Manhattan when humans used to socialize. And Uh I just could not stop hugging him and just so emotional because you're right. People don't understand the journey. They don't understand the blood, sweat, tears, because you know what I believe, Moses? I believe the joy is in the journey because, you know, you know, Moses, you're going to get there. I don't care what other people say. You don't listen to noise, but you know. So when people congratulate you and say, wow, you did it, that's not a surprise to you. 
That's a secondary mm-hmm. what else, right? Because we know there's no giving up. There's no stopping the process. So what type of stamina does, you know, let's say some of these actors want to transition to writing. What is the stamina? What would you give them in terms of advice on whether they're writing their own project or partnering up with someone else as a writer? What would you tell them? Well, what I would tell them is you have to first and foremost, be honest with yourself. I mean, why are you doing this? What are you doing it for? What is your motivation? You know, I started writing simply because I wanted a vehicle to have a voice, right? To speak to the world. I felt that I had something that needed to be heard. You understand? It wasn't because I wasn't chasing riches. I wasn't chasing fame. At the end of the day, my art was important to me because I felt that I had something that needed to be heard. And because of that passion, I mean, it is something that that's, that's so organic, right? Something that it's the fire that's going to burn inside me until the day I die. Mm. Right. And because of that, that's why I'm not capable of giving up because this fire inside me exists for as long as I do. Right. So to me, anyone that's really trying to get into this race, I would say base your motivation on something that you truly believe in. Mm -hmm something that you truly believe in, because that is what's going to fuel you to keep going, even on your worst days. Mm. Mm. You know, it, it, it's not enough to do it for money, right. because it's not. If, if you're if you're doing it only for money, after a while, you're going to run out of steam. That's right. I agree. And what advice would you give to someone like, you know, I went to acting conservatory to have a foundation of understanding actors, not knowing I was going to be a casting director. My life is about directing. Like I moved to New York to direct on Broadway and directing is in my blood. That's never going to do. Mm-hmm. So, but for people like you, who, like you said, you didn't have any background in this industry, but you had confidence and you had a strong belief because there are people in this industry some intentionally and some not intentionally that will try to shatter your confidence based on the fact that you don't have a degree or you didn't go to this film school. So Mm -hmm. can you give them some advice on how to maintain that confidence or how to build their confidence so that they're not deterred by that? You know, for me, I think the greatest way for me to um, have confidence in what I do is by truly knowing that I respect the craft. Mm. I had someone after the first season of Money and Violence, because I was the lead, they asked me, you know, do I consider myself an actor? And I said, no, I don't. You know, I can I, what I consider my I, I'm somebody who literally woke up one day and decided to act. That is not an actor. You know, at that time, I hadn't taken any classes. I hadn't really done any type of formal training. And I, I just felt that it was a disrespect to the craft for me to ever consider myself an actor until I took it serious enough to study the formulas, to go out there and take some classes, to learn theory. Because in order for you to be something, I believe that there has to be some type of education, right? Because you can have a cut on your leg. I can put a Band-Aid on it. That doesn't make me a doctor. Right. 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 And I believe through having a respect for the craft, you can take even the most negative of things that people say. Right. And you can there's always some bit of good that you can find in a criticism. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's negative, there's something you can learn from it. Mm -hmm. So through having respect for the craft, I think that that will give you the perspective to being able to say that. All right. 
this person is communicating in the wrong way, but I need to find that good thing within what it is that they're saying and take that from that and shed all of the negative stuff. Just drop that to the side, you know, and use that to my advantage. Yeah. So, so I think it's all about respect, respect for the craft. I love that. Respect for the craft, ladies and gentlemen. So in terms of the writer's room, you're a story editor on God's Harlem. Can you give our audience an idea of what is your responsibility as a story editor and what is the writer's room? Like, give us an idea of how that works. Uh, The writer's room is a collaborative forum. It's a melding of minds where we come together as a collective to pitch ideas and mm-hmm. to pretty much create character arcs and uh, to create characters and to form the storyline and the entire world of these shows that we work on. I love the writer's mm-hmm. room personally. I love the collaborative effort. I love working with different writers because everyone has something to teach. You know, I'm, I'm a student of life. I'm definitely a student. I believe that no man is your enemy. No man is your friend. Every man is your teacher. You know, you can learn mm-hmm. something from, from everyone. And through working in different writers' rooms, it's, it's taught me so much as a writer. As a, as a story editor, I would say that I'm sort of the cleanup person, which is pretty much when we come together to create these storylines, I'm usually the person because it's jumbled up ideas that those ideas are thrown to, and I kind of give them shape and mold them and form them into an outline which is a more structured version of the story that we created for us all to look at. And then from there, we collaboratively tweak it and tweak it and tweak it and tweak it until it becomes the final draft. Wow, that's excellent. It's exciting as well. I know we have some writers on here. I'm so sad, Moses, because 28 Minutes (laughs) is done. We have the warning sign, but before we go, can you please give our listeners who are aspiring writers, what are some tips that you can give them? Because it takes a lot of discipline to be a, a writer. And I want to stress that I write and I don't know what your process is, but if you could just give them some nuggets that they can, you know, take back to their writing with that. What always <laughs> comes back to me that I constantly use and constantly have to remind myself is that when writing, Just put the words down on paper. A lot of us procrastinate because we try to write the final draft from our first draft. (laughs) Mm. Right. We sit there and we meditate and we meditate and we meditate because we try to get it perfect from the outset of the time that pen hits that paper. Right. Or our fingers touch that keyboard. There's no such thing as writer's block because you'll always be able to write. Just keep writing until you write something you're happy with. And the most important thing is just to start. Just begin. Put those words on that page. No matter how much you don't like the story, just put those words on that page and get that story completed because you can go back to it a million times and make, you know, the sec- the first pass, the second pass, the third pass until it's to your liking. But the most important thing is to get those words down on that page. Moses, you are phenomenal. I mean, you Thank know, you. I have like so many messages coming in chat and people are high fiving. Like, I would love to extend another invitation to you to the podcast because you are a wealth of knowledge. And I think that what is so important is that you have such an amazing spirit. 
and motivational spirit. I don't know if you speak, but and and do speaking engagements. But I, if you don't, I encourage you Thank to you. because the way that you leave here, the what you leave with us is just a really great. Just a, a positive and supportive and motivating energy. And I'm sure that actors here are just standing up like I am for you and applauding and saying bravo. Them. So, I'm applauding them uh, as well. Keep yeah. going. Thank you. And we're going to keep going because I'm definitely going to extend another invitation to you. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, please put your hands together for writer extraordinaire, producer, director, actor, Moses Verno. Thank you. (laughs) And stay tuned. We are still blessed to have Moses with us. We are coming back on the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Morph, with my favorite segment, Class in Session. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Spirited Actor Podcast with me, Tracy Moore, and you are still going to be blessed today. Moses Verneau is still with us. He is still with us and he is going to be here for class and session. So today we have our actresses, Maya Palmer. Hey, Maya. Hello, everybody. Welcome. And we have, you know, our writer in residence and also our Spirit Act alumni, Leanne Amato. Hey, Leanne. Hey. We are excited to hear what you wrote this week, Leanne. Well, you'll close to home. You'll see. (laughs) 
Um, we also have Spirit Actor alumni, Jalisa Capri, who is going to be reading our narrative for us. Thank you, Jalisa. Of course, anytime. Okay, so ladies, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Moses, are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay, so whatever you feel you want to give them, we are welcome, okay? Hey, ladies, on action. Action. Soul Ties, written by Leanne Amato. Interior, car, day. Nikki and her girl Josie are pulled over talking on a random side street. This couldn't wait. I can't take it. I feel like I'm losing my mind. It's just never enough. When was the last time? Valentine's Day. And I feel terrible about it. Had a damn attitude with my husband the whole day to get a shitty ass text from him and drop everything and find what to get there and for what? Yo, I don't know why you were doing this to yourself, Nick. Like, look at you. I could see the burden all over your face. I know you're tired of hearing me say it, but I literally cannot stop. You know what I say, though. Like, you have to make up in your mind that it's done. Like, God's not going to just make this easy for you. You opened up a door, and now you're stuck here years later. I don't know how you're, you're like, the, the peace of mind, the lack of it. I don't know how you're dealing with it. And then the worst part is that it's self-inflicted. Like, what's up? I, like, I try to stop. And it's like, no matter how great my husband is to me, I need, and I look for that attention outside. And even the slightest fills me for the second. I just, it's like a drug. And when I get the hit, I, I hate myself after. But I tell you all the time, only what you water grows. Like if you would just stop and focus on what you actually have in your house, we'd probably appreciate it and probably even get more of it, whatever it is that you're craving. I know that. I heard you. Now hear me. I've been admitting to you, I need help. I take your advice. You know, it's it's not enough. I just feel so stuck in this, man. All right, All right. listen, I think in life there's this, this thing of more that we're all chasing, whether it's more money, more success, more love, more whatever. Like we all have our thing and it's like this void that we're trying to fill and we can never fill it because we're imperfect and we're in an imperfect world. So you're not alone. Like we all have it. I just would hate to see my friend lose like this beautiful life that you've been given over a fantasy. Like wake up. the worst to me yeah and that's the part that i don't understand like you have the best and you crave the worst look nikki this might sound cliche as hell but like take some time and like tap in for real like i your your dad died when you were young and the relationship with your mom had no love in it and you don't want to paint the same picture for your kids like break the cycle I'm telling you before it's stripped from you, really take a look at what you got because it could be gone tomorrow. And for what? Nikki has no response, but none is needed. Hey, scene. Give them a round of applause. My goodness. Wow. wow. Okay, I'm going to throw it to you, Moses, because I want you to give them as much as you can. Wow. Um, that was That was good. 
I mean, it, that was good. At the beginning, until they got to, uh, I'd say, the last third of the uh, the scene, what I wanted, not from Leon, from uh, Maya, what I would have liked was a bit more in range of emotion, right? Because what I was hearing from her was confusion. Mm. So... Just a bit more of range of emotion, just to show the emotional roller coaster that she was going through. Because what it felt like was anger, 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 anger. But just to show that confusion, to go from anger to sorrow to just to show that emotional roller coaster. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think that's a really, really good point because what doesn't win in auditions are the obvious. And so you want to take that emotion of anger and stretch it out as much as you can to have options and versatility because, you know, you're looking for the versatility after. I, I, I thought it was a powerful scene, Leanne. Like, wow. I think I, that, that just felt so strong to me. So, wow. And you got Critique from a writer. <laughs> and and your performances complemented the words on that page. I mean, greatly. I felt it. Thank Me you. too. Yeah. I was like, girl, leave that man alone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Mr. Uh, Moses, we not going to leave you alone. So, Leon, I, I will let you know what date we have available. I want to bring Moses back. Moses... I just feel like you can give us a tutorial and all of our audience, because again, we're living in a time where people are creating for themselves and not relying on studios and taking their power in their own hands, just like you, but they need guidance. And so I just think that you have been such an amazing, amazing resource for us today and amazing guest. And I'm just grateful that you came on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank, thank, thank you guys so much um, for having me. Um, thank you for, I mean, just the love and support in all honesty. And, uh, even in speaking to you guys, I mean, you know, I've, I've left this, trust me with a couple of gems of my own, you know, so thank you guys for your time and thank you for, for the opportunity. Well, I would tell you before you even knew I was a fan, I've been a fan of yours for a very long time and to have you as a guest has just been amazing. So I will see you again, Moses, everybody stand up, put your hands together for Moses. Bruno, yes. And we will be back on the Spirited Actor podcast with me, Tracy Moore, and I will be giving love. And now it's time to give love. Be patient with your family. I remember my grandmother telling me, you can't pick your family. Gotta love them anyway. Life is unpredictable and short. End old patterns of generations. Start new ones. Create new traditions. Communicate more. My brother put a Zoom together this weekend for our family to connect. It was amazing. And the energy over the Zoom and the love that spewed over the Zoom, it was heartfelt. Love each other every day because every day is not promised and life is short. Don't forget to look out for us on our new show, Inside the Black Box. My co-host will be Joe the Legend Morton. It's going to be the Spirited Actor podcast on steroids. We'll be streaming on the Crackle Network. I'll keep you posted. Thank you for joining us on the Spirited Actor podcast with me, Tracy Moore. I look forward to our next Spirited podcast. Thank you. 
Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Tuesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.